From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 6, 2023, from South Carolina Public Radio studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, we continue to look at the upcoming presidential campaign announcement by former governor and U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, by talking with USC Political Science Department Chair Kirk Randazzo. And we also talked to Kirk about the upcoming state Supreme Court election this week. We look at what lawmakers have on their calendar for session this week and the big bills set to move. South Carolina is also officially the first in the nation on the 2024 Democratic presidential primary calendar. We hear from Democratic leaders and also about a challenge to state party chairman Trav Robertson and more. The lead loves to hear from you guys. That's why I want you to call us at 803-563-7169. Please give us a shout. We want to know what's going on in your world, what's on your mind. We need some hot takes to keep the hopper going. We want to hear from you. We're also in the middle of our pledge drive, so we want you to also donate to help support us. You can do that by going to SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org to donate or call one 800 256-8535. That's right, it's a little bit different than our voicemail number, but we want you to help support South Carolina Public Radio and all the great programming that we bring y'all on a daily basis. Give us a shout, 1-800-256-8535. But after you donate or before, you're going to call the voicemail, 803-563-7169. Maybe you're a sustaining star, maybe you've been a member for years, Show us your ETV endowment pride by giving us a shout on our voicemail at 803-563-7169. Thanks, guys. All right, let's just go ahead and jump in. AT, can I get a splash sound, please? Thank you. Actually, too big of a splash. Oh, that's better. (laughs) We're in the same studio today taping, so get ready for a wind down to remember, folks. But again, let's jump into the upcoming state Supreme Court election on Wednesday. We already know that state appeals court judge Gary Hill has clinched the spot after he received enough commitments from lawmakers last month to become the frontrunner resulting in fellow appeals court judges Aphrodite Condoris and Stephanie McDonald to drop out. The race took on a completely different dynamic following the state Supreme Court's 3-2 decision to invalidate the state's six-week abortion law on privacy grounds. The majority opinion was penned by retiring Justice Kay Hearn. When she leaves, South Carolina will be the only high court in the country without a woman on the bench, a first in 35 years in our state. USC Political Science Department Chair Dr. Kirk Randazzo spoke about the political ramifications of this race, as well as the 2024 presidential race on This Week in South Carolina. It's interesting that she is moving this early, though also interesting that Donald Trump moved even earlier, because typically these announcements don't come out until the middle to the late spring. Uh, But I think what, what might be going through Haley's mind in part is possibly heading off an announcement by Senator Tim Scott. Uh, you know, he's rumored to, to be considering a bid. But I also think Nikki Haley, by being sort of the first challenger to Donald Trump, can use this as an opportunity to get her name and her message out to a wider segment of the country. 
Um, you know, right now she's polling kind of low in the single digits and being the only other person in that field, I think will give her a lot of attention that she might not otherwise get. And we heard from the former president tell her uh, that she she should jump in the race, that he's fine with her jumping in the race uh, because before she said she wouldn't because if he was running, she wouldn't be running. So she's kind of already moved on that. Uh, so she does have this chance to create a, a tone, like you're saying, a message that she can take, uh, especially when it's just the two of them in the race. But do you see him attacking her or is she going to have to be fending off attacks or do you think there'll be time for them to kind of work at their own pace? I, I absolutely see Donald Trump attacking her because he's attacked everyone else. And I, I don't see where Nikki Haley will get spared that any. That said, I think Nikki Haley's temperament is such that she can weather any of those attacks really well. I mean, in, in 2016, after Donald Trump attacked her early on, she famously responded with, oh, Donald, bless your heart and garnered a lot of enthusiasm from people, not just in South Carolina, but around the country. And so I think she's got that temperament to weather anything that he might throw her away. And we are seeing some early polling already showing that Trump is uh, pretty comfortably in the lead here. Of course, it's still super early. A lot of things can happen between now and next year when we see these primaries take place. Um, but we also see Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, they're also polling pretty strongly, too. Uh, we saw a Trafalgar Group poll come out recently with 1,078 likely South Carolina Republican presidential uh, primary voters. Donald Trump at 43 percent, Ron DeSantis 28 percent, Tim Scott, who you just mentioned, our senator, uh, one of our senators, at 14 percent, ahead of Haley at 12 percent. So uh, interesting dynamic there, too. But again, going back to what you're saying, uh, that she has to overcome a lot, not just when it comes to messaging and attacks on the president, but um, some other challenges, too. I mean, what, what does she have to her advantage at this point? Well, I, I think her advantage is she served as a governor, and that kind of experience, I think, is, is fantastic. Um, she's also served as the ambassador to the U.N., so she has foreign policy credentials that some of the other rumored candidates don't have. Um, I think her biggest challenge is going to be reaching out to the more extreme members of the Republican Party, arguably the MAGA base that, that Donald Trump sort of cultivated, because those are the individuals most likely to show up and vote. And right now, Nikki Haley is much more of a middle-of-the-road, moderate kind of Republican. And so she's going to need a message that will appeal to those more extreme members, while at the same time not alienate moderates or independents that she would need to pick up if she got the nomination and went on to the general election. And Kirk, maybe it's a matter of also uh, doing what you're saying right there too, but also having a big splashy announcement, something that's been rumored for months and years really uh, for her to do. And then go bite her time, go to the early voting states, get her message out, do that hard groundwork and wait for DeSantis and the Trump folks to fight each other and then her be uh, possibly a viable third candidate for to emerge. Or, you know, of course, there's other people in this race too that could do that as well, like Mike Pence or, or Tim Scott, like we're saying. So it's really gonna be that fight to be that, that other person, I guess, to emerge when maybe uh, the top two candidates are too bloodied for people to support. Agreed. And it also gives her an opportunity to get her ground organization established and start courting donors that right now have signaled they are hesitant to put money behind Donald Trump 
and they're waiting to see what the rest of the field looks like, she might be able to get a jump start on securing some of their donations. Kirk, let's go to the state house where uh, we're a week away from judicial elections, less than a week. Uh, the biggest race there is to replace retiring state Supreme Court Justice Kay Hearn. Uh, there was a field of three qualified state appeals court judges uh, in the running based on early commitments, though. judges uh, Judge Gary Hill, I should say, is the winner right now. Of course, they haven't elected him yet, but just the way commitments have shaped up, that's the case. That's the way it's going. Uh, that prompted judges Aphrodite Condoras and Stephanie McDonald to drop out. So uh, a lot of this is also framed by the optics of that three to two state Supreme Court decision over the state's six week abortion law that was ruled unconstitutional. So uh, what's your take on this entire on the entire fallout of that ruling and just how maybe politicized this process has now become? It's obviously always been political, but maybe a little bit more heightened now. Yeah, I think the process has always been political, but now it is much more visible. It is much more in the spotlight. And, and so I would say a couple of things. First of all, South Carolina is one of only two states where the legislature actually selects justices for their high court. Virginia is the other state that does this. And our process is, is a little weird, even from that, in that the the members of the legislature basically are only given three names. We have a, a what's called a judicial merit selection committee that puts forward three names, and those are the only candidates that the legislature can consider. And then there's supposed to be a, a set period of time for members of the legislature to talk with those candidates and get a feel for whom they might might want to cast a vote. It appears as if some legislators maybe started a little bit early, started meeting with, with one particular candidate before the others, and that might have prompted uh, or been one of the reasons why some of the other candidates dropped. But regardless, the, basically the situation that we're in is that this will be the first time in the last 35 years that our state has had an all-male Supreme Court, and it will make South Carolina the only state in the country that does not have at least one female justice on its bench. And, and so I think that has caused a lot of concern among the legislature, which is one of the reasons why they delayed the vote that was originally supposed to happen yesterday, delayed it a week, and possibly are might consider legislation that would allow them to consider more than the three candidates put forward by the Merit Selection Committee. You can catch that entire interview on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. Also, while we're talking 2024, the day after former Governor Nikki Haley announces her presidential campaign, Senator Tim Scott will launch a nationwide listening tour in Charleston. His first stop will be, surprisingly, in Iowa to speak at the Polk County Lincoln Dinner. The following week, Haley will also be in the state, and probably me. That's right, we'll keep you updated. Now for a look at what's happening this week at the State House. In the Senate, the Judiciary Committee will take up bond reform bills S-367 and S-368. Those are priorities for both chambers. A Judiciary Subcommittee will take up several bills on Thursday, including two on criminal domestic violence and dating violence, as well as human trafficking bills, including one for increased penalties for solicitation of prostitution. In the House, a bond reform bill, H-3532, will be before a Judiciary Subcommittee. At the new House abortion bill, H-3774, will be before the full Judiciary Committee. 
On Wednesday, the Constitutional Carry Bill, H-3594, will have its first subcommittee hearing. And like we heard Kirk Randazzo talking about earlier, Wednesday, there will be a joint assembly at noon, where lawmakers will elect state Supreme Court Justice Kay Hearn's replacement and fill positions on the circuit court and several board members for Clemson, Lander University, the Citadel, and the University of South Carolina. Now, we'll also see if the House gets to the critical race theory bill, H-3728, which is on their calendar. Now, while Democrats are in a minority in the chamber and are expected to oppose it like they have previously, they have been warning that moving forward with such debate during Black History Month is tone-deaf. House leadership could push it through to get it done with and out of the way and off the calendar, but we'll see how this transpires. Even when it eventually gets to the Senate, its future is very cloudy, so really not a big rush to get out of the House, but could lead to some drama. A similar bill made it through to the Senate last session and was never taken up by the Senate Education Committee. Now, a budget proviso outlawing the teaching of such tenets of the controversial curriculum, which is not taught in South Carolina schools, was passed in the current fiscal year's budget. Move over Iowa and New Hampshire. The Democratic National Committee voted on Saturday to set South Carolina as the first in the nation primary on February 3, 2024. That's right, following the botched 2020 Iowa caucuses and the homogenous electorate of Democrats in white Iowa and New Hampshire, compared to the diverse electorate of South Carolina, which is more representative of the Democratic Party at large, President Joe Biden got his wish to give South Carolina the top billing on the calendar especially after it helped propel him to the nomination and the White House. South Carolina Democratic Party Chairman Trav Robertson was in Washington and spoke during the DNC meeting. You see, President Biden understood the dichotomy of the relationship of South Carolina and the African-American community. The good, the bad, but always transformative. And that's why he put forth this proposal, ladies and gentlemen. And those who have been dismissive, who say that it is reward to one human being, does so under a false and archaic premise. And that is, is that the African-American community is a monolithic voting bloc subject to the whims of one person. And I suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, that those people who are making that claim are the very individuals that can't put together a campaign that effectively communicates with the African-American community. Congressman Jim Clyburn also gave remarks at the DNC meeting following DNC Chair Jamie Harrison, South Carolina's own. Clyburn said that this action demonstrates to the entire world that this party is the party of the people and thanking the DNC for their decision to move South Carolina up in the nominating calendar. These are times that will try men's and women's souls. We have a duty to our children and grandchildren to do the things that are necessary to preserve this democracy, pass it on to them in much better shape than we found it. And we cannot do that by shrinking from the battle. And we cannot do that unless we as Democrats remain true to who and what we are. This is the party 
of opportunity, and as our president says, possibilities. The other side are full of extremism and grievances. Let them grieve and let us lead. That's what this is all about. New Hampshire and Iowa Democrats objected to the new calendar during the proceedings. New Hampshire's law requires it to hold the first primary in the nation, but holding an unsanctioned primary means that the state party will lose delegates at the national convention next year, and candidates who put their name on the New Hampshire ballot would face penalties. Don't do it. Of course, with Biden expected to run for re-election, it could be a bit of a fool's errand to do so. Biden's bid also means that despite South Carolina's prominence now as the first early voting state, the result is a foregone conclusion. It's not going to be like 2020, folks. Now, South Carolina Democrats have successfully chosen the Democratic presidential nominee since 1992, with the exception of South Carolina's native son, North Carolina Senator John Edwards, in 2004. Mistakes happen, folks. Just ask Newt Gingrich in 2012. Now, South Carolina will remain the first in the South primary for Republicans, that's red, Democrat blue, and will be third behind Iowa and New Hampshire. This is the most significant change to the calendar since South Carolina and Nevada were added to the early nominating calendar back in 2006, ahead of the 2008 election. And now look at us. Number one. We've all, always been number one in our hearts, of course. Now, if this order sticks for 2028, then Lord save this podcast and all who contribute to it. Speaking of the Democratic Party, let's look at the leadership of the state Democratic Party. Chairman Trav Robertson is up for re-election this year, but is facing a challenge by Democratic Party Black Caucus Chairman Brandon Upson. Robertson, who has not said whether he will run for election, has led the state Democratic Party since 2017. Upson spoke at the inaugural South Carolina Democratic Black Caucus's Sunday dinner fundraiser last March, and he laid out part of his vision for the party. Now I'm going to apologize in advance. This is one of those recordings that I had to take with my on-camera microphone, as there was no audio output available for me to plug into. So, 90 seconds. Take a listen. And I'll say it again for the folks who just came in from the back. If I can convince you that you are less than you actually are, I can convince you to accept less than what you deserve. So I want you to leave here tonight knowing that we deserve more than what we're getting and that Democrats can win. James Smith lost the governor's race by less than 40,000 votes. Yet, more than 410,000 black voters stayed home. The math tells the story. Numbers don't lie, even what people do. If we could have gotten just 10% of the folks who decided to stay home, we would have won. And a lot of folks have talked about turning South Carolina blue. I think we found the clue, y'all. Black folks can turn South Carolina blue. But more importantly, talking about Democrats winning, Democrats can win if we are true to who and what we say we are. Democrats are expected to pick new leadership this spring. And on the way out in the South Carolina Republican Party, Chairman Drew McKissick was just elected co-chairman of the Republican National Committee. Like Robertson, he took over as chairman for his state party in 2017. He too has had to face challengers, 
most notably one of former President Donald Trump's lawyers, Lynn Wood, and has had to deal with factions in his party. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. This is our time to talk. Huh? You can't make a noise until I introduce huh? you. The folks, that noise is coming from A.T. Shire. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thank producer. you, thank you. Yes, I am. He's here. <laughs> We're in the same room this time, A.T., the not same right. studio. It's not right. I don't like it. I uh, love this. We've been doing drive time bits left and right. <laughs> a lot of bits. A lot of it can't be aired uh, because it's proprietary. <laughs> yeah, no, not because it's dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous for you to hear it because well, there are a lot of people on our on our tail, okay? <laughs> if they knew, we knew what we know. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would be bad. You so, guys uh, can't even. That's constantly what we're talking about. Anyway, uh, Gavin, how are you doing, bud? I'm good. It's a Monday, no, Saturday. You, Gavin is loving this. I love that we're in the same studio together. Yeah. Usually there's a wall dividing us. I have to look through plexiglass. It's very professional it's, that way. This yeah. is like we're just eating uh, lunch and dinner in the same room out of the same bowl in the same place. You know what yeah. I mean? There's yeah. no, we don't go to the dining room. We're just... In the kitchen for all of this. It's a, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's gritty. Tough. Anyway, join us in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> we do have a call, Gavin. Yes. It's been a little while. So this one is in reference, if everyone remembers, we had a Scott Morgan section, and it was all about gentrification of- Greenville. Greenville. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got a call in reference to that. So are you ready, Gavin? Yes. Okay. We need more Scott. Everyone needs more Scott, okay? Scott, if you're listening. That is a little tease because I do have a podcast coming out with uh, Scott. uh, And we will hear about it on this podcast. I'm the only podcast at this. That's not for now, okay? So here we go. Here's our call. Here's our call. Hi, this is Ben Davis from Yeah, That Greenville. And uh, just wanted to let you know that about a week ago, my daughter and I were running around our neighborhood. And, uh, my daughter got a little spooked out because there was, there was this gentleman with a camera who was, was either recording video of us or taking a picture of us. And, and I said, oh, just relax, just relax. It's probably somebody that's probably making a documentary or, or something like that. And, uh, anyway, we went home, uh, had a great evening. Uh, then this morning on the SC leave, we are listening, and there's a story from Scott Morgan. And Scott Morgan was in our neighborhood. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I know the two houses he was looking at that are really small, over $300,000. Talked about the woven development. This is all our. Uh, this is all in our neighborhood, and uh, that was really cool. Except he came all the way to Greenville and didn't come to visit. Uh, but uh, really excited to to hear that story about the west side of Greenville and what's happening. Um, I'll say that we moved in uh, to our neighborhood before that gentrification began. Uh, we're definitely pulling down the average when it comes to income for white households, but uh, really um, enjoying this neighborhood, uh, have been enjoying it. It's pretty neat to be so close to a historic mill. And to Shula Show Jackson Memorial Park, where Shula Show played baseball as a kid, and uh, that's all a lot of all a lot of fun. Um, I should say regarding these uh, New Year's resolutions that the SC League does need uh, to have a goal, and that would be to have Russ McKinney on the wind down. 
and you can ask them all the hot burning questions like uh, everything from socks to Crocs. Uh, again, the way in on that, that movie uh, that, that uh, AT likes to talk about or series of movies about cars, uh, get his takes on all these items. If you do that, you would be a very accomplished uh, podcast for the year. Anyway, I appreciate the reporting. Hope you guys have a great day. Ben Davis, we love hearing from you, especially up in hashtag yeah, that Greenville. Um, ben, text us your address because guess what? The lead's coming over. We're coming over. Scott dropped the ball on that. We will pick it up and we will run right into your home. You're very close to doxing his assassination coordinates. I will that. not be taking my shoes off, so that's not a problem. Gavin, he's no socks, and shoes on. Okay? I have to keep the shoes on. <laughs> you don't want to see these biggies. It's disgusting. Okay. They're like gnarled roots. You got to pay to see these babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we should get back in the separate studio. Yes. So I can take my feet out and be comfortable. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to add that I love these full circle wind downs that we got going on. This is two for two because you might remember that David called us last week and he mentioned how he heard his former student talking oh, yeah. in that voicemail from a year ago. Now, Ben Davis is connected to Scott Morgan. Uh, anyway, Gavin, you got uh, Ben. <laughs> I add, thank I you for calling. <laughs> that I love that Ben said series of movies about cars, which he uh, did not name. I which gotta I say, very don't say. Do I gotta not say, say it's honor been, him by it's not been saying it. Taking a lot for me not to talk about the drop of the trailer for Fast X, which <laughs> it, it, it happens in four days, guys. Okay. Oh my god. Four days, Fast Just X. Just the trailer. Just the trailer. Wow. You got to move see- over Nikki Haley announcement. We got exactly. some bigger news Cancel here. Cancel that. We got something bigger. <laughs> Gal Gadot's back, baby. It is quite the cast. You the did cast- show me the cast. I was like, okay, this the is worth seeing just insane. to see all these people. They're, they're, Helen Mirren, Kurt Russell, they're both in this movie. Oh, my gosh. Okay? Charlize Theron. There are Oscar winners in this movie. Okay? You it- can have fun in Hollywood. All, yeah. that's all Who that's says left. you can't? <laughs> Who says you can't? Okay? Anyway, Fast X, coming back. Gal Gadot, not dead. Anyway. Uh, Gavin, we do need Russ in the wind down. You, what, if we could ahead. get Russ in the wind Russ, down. Russ, can you come in here, please? He doesn't... He is so against it. He goes, what, that stupid stuff that you and Gavin talk about? He doesn't That's what he say says. that anymore, does he? He jokingly says it all the time. Well, I'm taking it very personal. He's just mad he's not doing trivia this anymore. I also do want, on the record, mm-hmm. and then we can move on, okay. that Russ McKinney is pro-croc. He told me that, his own mouth. My my ears to God, okay? I don't want to see that. It, everyone wants to see it. I mean, anyway, Gavin, you had something you want to talk about, so let's get into this, right? The balloon. Okay, yeah. The balloon. <laughs> the AG. balloon. Yeah. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not talking about the drama back in 2009 with the balloon boy, which I have a T-shirt. Yeah, balloon boy is more my speed. <laughs> that, that was my first. Balloon. My boy's in that balloon. <laughs> Falcon, go Falcon. <laughs> that was my first balloon incident. Now here we are, years later. Yeah. Talking about balloons this again. This is more full China circle balloon. stuff here. You know, I was just trying to have a productive Saturday. Yeah. And then I casually was like looking at the latest because the balloon made its way through Columbia. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw it. I saw photos of it. I was indoors the entire weekend for my own safety <laughs> and from the balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I got on Twitter because that's what you do. You go on Twitter. And I searched blah, 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 balloon. And then I saw some tweet about something about like the airspace being shut down. So I tweeted it out. Then it blew up, obviously, because, you know. 
that's how things work. That you're just such. I an said. Well, I said, how come no one's tweeted about this yet? That there's a ground stop at all these airports, and then all of a sudden, boom. Uh, because they're about to shoot the poor balloon. Well, it's not a the poor, poor balloon. balloon. The balloon. bad balloon. Innocent. Bad, but, well, innocent. Innocent until proven guilty, I guess we should say. <laughs> innocent. And then it landed in water, but our territorial waters. It was not international waters. Gavin so really, knows a I, lot about I this. I can't weigh in on that aspect. Uh, of it. it was too close. Only six nautical miles from shore. <laughs> That's a little <laughs> That's, close. Yeah, That's once you get to close. 12, <laughs> then Gavin can they weigh in. They should have shut it down earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> you, know, you look at the path and it goes all the way through. It's like the eclipse almost. It was. All the way through. And then it, it's like, you know what? It's, it's, it was just like a marketing scheme for like Parks and Recreation, Tourism, like, come to Myrtle Beach, There's folks. a lot of questions I have for, and there's, like, some facts about it that kind of blow my mind. Like, it looked like a little speck in the sky. A lot of people 60,000 feet up. It was very high up. Yeah, 60, 60K, baby. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was the size of three city buses. Yeah. That's crazy. Shoot it down. Shoot it down. Please do not shoot at the balloon, folks. That was my favorite part of the whole thing was all the police stations and sheriff offices putting out their Facebook posts and tweets and everything saying, please, do not shoot at it. (laughs) But (laughs) there were were so many good memes and moments that despite all the hubbub and everyone be like, you know, hating everything and being turned up over this, the memes, I I mean, I never laughed so much. It was a really good, like, good way to pause and just take it all in and laugh. I mean... You know, I made the meme like it's just a bunch of Shen Yun. Shen Yun. <laughs> Shen Yun. Like, the inescapable Shen Yun. Yeah. They're papering the country. <laughs> I wanted to see the balloon get hit and all the posters. <laughs> oh, Shen Yun. I'm like, yeah. oh, thank God it's again. Ah. But um, I'm sure something more sinister was afoot. But if you have TikTok, you know what I'm talking about because they're already surrounding you anyway. It was a very intense day. My favorite was the uh, person favorite. who was very quick to create a uh, Chinese balloon. Twitter account Mm -hmm. and when it got shot he goes I've been shot (laughs) I always love when these things (laughs) they get their own Twitter account they get their own one you really get the personality you know They got more to say than you think just like this (laughs) podcast okay this is more than you thought oh my gosh Um, but yeah let us know where you were when either you saw the balloon it saw you yeah or you saw actually get taken taken out there's, there's going to be, everyone is going to be asking you the rest of your life. Where were you that Where day? were you when the balloon went down? Okay. <laughs> February 4th, 2023. Where, where were, were you, you when the balloon went down? I'd also like to say the next day was five years since the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Hey. It's all connected, baby. It's all, oh my God, all this the connections. This is the hype train. They don't leading, even try to hide it. <laughs> this is the hype train leading up to the Super Bowl. Anyway, people, help me. Keep my heart rate down. Help me keep my blood pressure down as the this Eagles Super Bowl is approaching. Mm-hmm. Please call in. Mm-hmm. Tell me where you were when the balloon went down and any prayers that you have for the balloon. Anyway, uh, have a good week. Uh, please pledge. It's very long. And name your dogs after me. As I always say, name your dogs after me. Anyway, Gavin, give them the outro. Pledge, guys. That's right. We're doing a little soft pledge because there is the pledge drive going on. If you're listening to South Carolina Public Radio this week. So do your part. Give us a shout, 1-800-256-8535, or go to SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Become a sustaining star. Do your part to keep these programs on the air and keep us moving. We love, love all of our members already, but we need some new ones. Maybe you can be one of them if you listen to the lead. If you're not calling us on the hopper at 803-563-7169, then give us some love and become an ETV Endowment member, 1-800-256-8535. And you can also show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
and stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. What's, what's not to like about this? Uh, for what? The smell. <laughs> the <What>? smell. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, boing, boing. <laughs> I feel like we should be doing drive time right now. <laughs> if you guys are on the 55, <laughs> get ready to slow down. Let us know. <laughs>